0: Hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci
1: and Scott Jans.
0: This is episode 162 Why You Test Your Gear. On this episode, we share our own failures and successes in testing what could be the biggest gear test we've ever done. We share why testing your gear is so crucial for a successful outing and forging ahead into the unknown get talking about this topic, join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Trust the Trail podcast and start the conversation. Come hang out with us and be part of our community.
1: So there are some killer gear deals out there right now. Huge overstock for 2020. Instead of going from website to website, comparing prices, we've put them all in one place for you. Just go to thebackpackerstore.com where the power is in the search. You can use our search area to type in a piece of gear that you want to compare prices from all the major online outfitters like REI, Moose Jaw, Camp Saver, Eastern Mountain Sports, and all the rest. Enlightened Gear, Hyperlite, MSR, they're all on there. They're on thebackpackerstore.com. That's www.thebackpackerstore.com. There's even a tab for all the coupon codes. Hmm, All those great gear companies are offering. In full disclosure, we have built and we own the backpackerstore.com at no additional cost to you. We do take a small commission of any of the gear that you look at and choose to buy, which we put back in our podcast. Also, make sure if you go to TrustTheTrail.com. You sign up for specific emails about trips, meetups, and events. We send out newsletters every 1st and 15th of the month.
0: So, how did your week go, Jans?
1: I lost uh, 50 pounds sweating (laughs) in a aluminum tin can with no air conditioning.
0: (laughs) That's how I spent my week. It It was a brutally warm, Weekend in Georgia, uh, even up in the North Georgia mountains, when we felt like it might have been a little cooler, it was still very, very warm. We knew it going in.
1: Okay. Did I mention no air conditioning? Okay. You know, the outdoors does not have air
0: conditioning. Well, it does. This is an outdoor podcast. It does
1: have air conditioning, but even the outdoor air conditioning was off. Mother Nature did not. No, she did actually turn around for a few rainstorms here and there, but it was really hot, and um, I, it, it was warm. It was really warm. I think by the, uh, the third or fourth day, I had had it. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I'm just going to go drive around in my car endlessly <laughs> with nowhere to go just so I could sit in air conditioning. It was really hot. It was very, very warm. So that's how my week went. Um, I felt like I was in a proverbial sauna um, with no way out. Like someone had locked the door.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is a pretty close explanation of what occurred. Um, So we are going to be talking a little off topic about backpacking here for a little bit. um, Because we set out on a six day excursion to test our gear.
1: Yeah, so this is, um, so kind of, you know, stay tuned, we're going to kind of go off a little bit about what our typical backpacking podcasts are, but we're going to wrap it back around into why it's so important to test your gear. Uh, As we found out uh, this week when we were testing a lot of gear all at the same time, that uh, did it fit our lifestyle, did it not fit our lifestyle, and you know we're big proponents on uh your gear should really kind of fit your lifestyle um on the trail so uh, we're going to kind of kind of weave in and out of how what we learned about testing our gear which we uh, already knew which we already knew and how that um kind of you know really if it wasn't for backpacking i mean I i couldn't even imagine going through some of the stuff that we went through this week (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I
1: and I couldn't have imagined. Seriously. Well,
0: I mean, I I, th- I think it was very eye-opening because we, we set ourselves apart from the masses. And we're going to share those stories with you here in this podcast. But we were definitely, uh, I, I would say, not a needle in a haystack, but... um. We set ourselves apart yeah <laughs> and it was pretty obvious that we were we stuck out kind of like a sore thumb amongst the the rest of the crowd um but that had a lot to do with our ability and our tolerance um of of what we experience by backpacking
1: it's, it's kind of it was kind of like this is that you know when you're on the trail and you've been backpacking for a while And you see like a newbie backpacker come up and everything's hanging off their backpack. And it's (laughs) obviously really heavy. And, you know, they've packed for every situation. We were that person this week. (laughs) (laughs) We were, we stuck out like a sore thumb and we were kind of like the newbies. And and so that's going to be the fun part of what we want to share with you guys and why it really, in all seriousness, it's so important to test your gear. So we went out and of course we're, you know like what were what, what less than 14 days around 14 days taking trusted trail podcast on the road full time
0: two and a half weeks
1: two and a half weeks full time in our 1976 airstream argosy so this is how that went we went to go test our lifestyle on the road and we went to go test all of the gear not alone not to mention you know the whole Airstream gig and towing it and everything like that. And I've towed a lot and, you know, wasn't really too worried about that part of it. Um, But it was just all the, everything kind of meshing together, all the gear meshing together and becoming one with your gear and why that is so important as we found out, because we have, we're going to live a different lifestyle on the road. We are not going to be your, um, you know, typical let's pull into Yogi Bear you know, uh, or KOA or, you know, the, those little nice campgrounds, we're, we're not going to do that. First of all, they're really super expensive, and that's not where we want to be. We want to be out in the wilderness, out in the woods, out in, you know, in in um, in in the BLM lands and, and explore. That, that's what we want to do. And so to be able to do that, there's a lot of things we got to test because we have to kind of get our feeling of like, well, you know, can we go two weeks without water? Can we go, or with with the water capacity that we have? Can we go, you know, two weeks or a week with uh, solar and the capacity that we have? Um, you know, what you know, how much, uh, how much poop and pee can our composting toilet really handle with two people?
0: Not much. We found <laughs>
1: out. <laughs> Not much. So th- those those were all a lot of questions that we had. And why it was so important for us to test your gear. And and this is kind of uh, what happened and uh, where we completely failed in the basics of basic <laughs> testing your gear. It's and like
0: stage zero of preparing oh my to God. test. <laughs> it, it was
1: terrible. So so we talk a lot on this podcast um, about, about plan and prepare. Plan and prepare. And so... We, we know the mistakes that we have made over the years um, when it comes to hitting the trail and backpacking and, and doing all that stuff. And I think one of the biggest things that people don't, I, I think the reason, one of the top reasons why people don't go into the woods is because they go, what if I get lost? And, you know, we, we tell people all the time, well, if you plan and prepare, you know, you'll be able to find your trailheads and where the trail goes you get a feel for the area, you know, you have numbers you can call, make sure you have so I mean, there's a whole list of things that, you know, you kind of plan and prepare for when you're going to go hiking um, into the woods, right? Right. Well, you know, when you're on the road and you're driving and you get lost, first of all, you have GPS, right? Um, and you're in a car. And if your GPS goes a wackadoo, which they do often, Um, Or if you're like me, you have GPS phobia where, um, you know, they tell you to turn right and you're like, eh, I don't think so.
0: I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my way.
1: (laughs) Um, And so, It's like you have a
0: map ingrained in your mind and you refuse to believe technology, which is not a bad thing.
1: I just don't believe the person in the GPS unit. (laughs) I think they have ulterior motives. (laughs) So... um, So, you know, you plan prepared, but you're on the road and you get lost. You can easily just, and when you're in your car, you can easily just turn around. You can just back up, pull into a driveway, turn around, right? And, you know, and then, you know.
0: Readjust your plan.
1: Readjust your plan. And, of course, your partner, you know, who told you to ask for directions long ago and you didn't, can finally say, I told you to ask for directions, and so but you you can turn around. But when you are pulling a twenty-eight foot camper trailer, that's not as easy to do. You just can't turn around because sometimes there is no place to turn around and you you gotta go straight. Right? And so our first fail was planning and preparing.
0: Huge mistake.
1: <laughs> now now <laughs> <laughs> which
0: is the number one principle number
1: one principle, <laughs> and so and
0: probably the most important of not just the principles but in in heading towards your adventure
1: well, you know um we Complete it was, fail. Yeah, it was complete fail. And so what we did was we were we were really, in both of these testing areas, we were very close to the Appalachian Trail. And I mean very, very close. We were in the Chattahoochee National Forest. Um, that butts right up into the southern Attahela National Forest. I mean literally very close to the AT. And I knew that one road, if you kept on going straight, went to a trailhead of the 18, And so I, I knew, I knew where that was. I just couldn't remember where the turn was. And so, you know, I, I kind of thought I knew. And so I did not prepare enough. I did not prepare enough. And so we got on the road and this should have been a very flat drive. <laughs> And and yeah, you're in the foot. You're right in the you're right in the uh, the foothills of the North Georgia Mountains. I mean, you're right there. I mean, you are literally right at right at the foothill. I mean, you're right you know two three miles up the road. You're going up the mountain. You know, you're right at the base. And so um, we didn't really want to do that. And so we're gonna go to this campground, very flat, uh, next to the Tallulah River, and Uh, where we've always wanted to go and pull the Airstream. So uh, we get going, and we get to where the town that we have to go. That's fine. We start driving um, down the main road, which is fine. Everything was fine. And then I said, and I don't know what happened. I don't know what went wrong in my head. But I said, hey, Ariane, why don't you GPS this? (laughs) And so she quickly... Pulls out the phone, she GPSes, and before we can even think about what we're doing, Ariane goes, oh, you need to turn right here. Turn right here. Well, I knew that was wrong. I knew it was wrong, but I turned anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mistake number one.
1: I turned anyway. Actually, so, that might
0: be mistake number like three at this point.
1: Well, it was, you know, it was...
0: The famous last words... I said, "You've routed us." He goes, "Yes, I know exactly where we're going." "You know where you're going, Scott?" "Yes, I've got this." So when he says "route," us, yeah, so <laughs> I am very unprepared in the moment to route, and everybody knows when you use maps. Uh on your iPhone is not a reliable source in mountainous areas. No,
1: the, no, the, no. Google Maps was against us that day, and so, so. But the the thing that we are kind of getting to is that when you're on the trail, it's easy to say, "Well, just follow the white blaze, or just follow the blazes, or just follow this and and follow that." But in reality, when you pl- when you plan and prepare and backpacking, you know that that's a bad. That's not good to do, and so you want to know the train. You want to know, you know, you're, we're always looking at elevation gains and losses. You know, we're, we're we are so prepared usually for what is coming. Okay, we have 18 river crossings. We have this. We have that. We have this, and so we're we're usually pretty prepared. And if you don't do that, well, then you know you're going to get what we got. We <laughs> we we took this road, and and the road was already narrow. And so we turned down this road and I knew right away, oh man, we just screwed up, but you couldn't I couldn't back up. We we had to commit. And so now we were completely relying on um, Google Maps who were obviously mad at us that day. <laughs> so we karma started,
0: was not on our side.
1: We started driving down this road and the it, it just got worse and worse and worse i mean it was almost like a game show where all these obstacles were in our way like this was like a mountain road it it, it like i don't even know who lived on this road but yet they were paving that day <laughs> they were they had construction and so we, the,
0: it it kind of eased my mind to see the construction vehicles on this road thinking oh okay well we've made the right turn but then they all disappeared
1: yeah Well, we had construction vehicles in front of us. We had construction vehicles in back of us. And the road's really narrow, right? But they're paving it. Of all the roads in the North Georgia mountains, they're paving this one. So now we're negotiating the cones and the construction. So we get through that one. And all of a sudden, there's nobody there. There's nobody on this road anymore. We are
0: on our own.
1: (laughs) We're on our own, and Ariane is guiding us through the GPS. And she looks at me, and we've been we've been going uphill for a minute, you know, for a minute we've been kind of climbing. And she looks at me, and she goes, "In point zero two miles, the road is going to get kind of curvy." <laughs> and.
0: Later we redefined what curvy meant. Yeah.
1: So curvy in trail terms means a lot of switchbacks. <laughs> and this was going down um, this was going down a mountain with hairpin turns, um, just like switchbacks. And I never, I, I don't think Ariane ever said a word again. She, I, she probably held her breath the whole time going down. And we're going down this road and I'm just going, okay, just please don't let another car come, be coming up the road. And there wasn't, but I mean, it was really sketchy. It was really, really tough taking all these hairpin turns with a 28-foot camper trailer behind you. And... I'm thinking curvy. <laughs> curvy. This is a road from hell. You know, and like what happened? So,
0: where did this all go wrong? Where did it all go
1: wrong? <laughs> this was supposed to be flat, for God's sake. So, it, and it, it's just like, you know, I kind of thought back um for a moment to all the years that we did trail magic up on the Appalachian Trail, and all the comments that people would make after you know hiking their first uh, you know really um, seven to ten miles, uh, and they just couldn't believe that the Appalachian Trail was so hilly. <laughs> 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 like, well, it's called the mountains, you know. And that was my first thought it was like, wow, it's like you know now I know what. What, it, know, what like. it felt, like, what what they felt like when they didn't plan and prepare, like like I probably should have looked at a map, maybe. And so we're coming down, so we finally get down this, and and we we finally get down, and Ariane finally breathes. You know, she, she, she probably held her breath for like ten minutes. She finally breathes, and so we we get down there. And I'm like, well, okay, finally we're level, and she goes, okay, now it just turned right. And I look at this road. I'm like, we're pulling into someone's driveway. That's just not even a road. And it was just like this little tiny road. I'm like, this can't be a road.
0: So turn after turn after turn, it narrows. Every time we make a right, it was always a right. Every time we make a right, you know, the the road narrowed even further, and it got sketchier. And the bridges were like oh, my gosh, I don't even know if it's going to hold us. Can the weight capacity hold us? Yeah. And we didn't even know if we could fit through these. And at one point, thinking to myself, where is the point of 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 no return?
1: Right. <laughs>
0: because I was waiting for it to turn into gravel. At any moment, turn into gravel and become a situation in which, you know, there was no going forward but there was no going backwards, and I thought to myself, "What would you do?"
1: Well, we would have just cried, <laughs> and probably, you know, just stopped in the middle of this. We thought about utilizing. This wasn't even this wasn't even a two lane road anymore. You know, I mean, they they like just,
0: a half a, half a width.
1: If road. they had stopped painting the yellow line in the middle long, long ago, and so this was just like, eh, eh, it's kind of a road. So that was our biggest lesson in that. Planning and preparing correctly because we did make it. the the in the Chattahoochee National Forest, there's uh there's three campsites along the same road, and they're within about ten miles apart. It's Forest Road seventy for people that want to know. There was a lot of hiking. There's a beautiful National uh, Forest Trail, uh, the Coleman Trail, which is right off of where we camped by Tulala River. A great area to. On a hot summer day to sit in the river, to play, to swim. It's just a a great place to hang out. And you really, uh, on Forest Road 70, which is a dead end, but it dead ends right in the tributaries of uh, Standing Indian Mountain on the Appalachian Trail. That's how close you are to the trail. Um, And so... With all the the times that, you know, we go backpacking and hiking and um, we plan and prepare for the route, this is one of the times that, you know, we equate how much more important it is to do it when you're pulling a 28-foot trailer <laughs> and you can't back up anywhere. It's
0: a lot less room for air. You know, it's funny because we know plan and prepare. We preach, plan, and prepare, but in an unknown element for ourselves, we find ourselves back at ground zero, and planning and preparing isn't intended to say that nothing nothing will go wrong, that everything is going to be perfect because you have planned accordingly, but it does minimize the risk of something going catastrophe, like some kind of catastrophe occurring, which we felt like we were Rather close to.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it, it's another big lesson of uh, make sure uh, Google doesn't tell you the fastest way to get there; it just tells you the safest way to get there. Um, and we you know there's we've downloaded some apps that are d- that will definitely uh, definitely help us for sure. Uh, the other gear we wanted to test really big time was our our solar capacity, and you know, like how long we could actually stay out there without having to plug into anything. And so uh, being in a national forest, uh, it's not long. <laughs> it's, it's A lot of trees in a national forest, and we are pretty much in a cove uh, where we had maybe uh, 30 minutes of direct sun that hit our solar panels. And so most of the time, it was an energy draw. And what well, we kind of equated to that with, um, with backpacking is that, you know, you, we need power, right? We need power to, you know, charge laptops, uh, work and, and, you know, run our fans and run a lot of other things. Right. And so, you know, how much, you know, what, what's your capacity, like how much power do you have? And so, you know, we thought we were doing pretty well because we had all this solar panels on, and you know we had all this battery capacity but come to find out that that's not enough like our battery capacity as much as it is, as much as it is can't go 2 days without direct sunlight and so because we didn't have that direct sunlight we were in it for um you know like a day and a half and we had to unplug the ref- the refrigerator, <laughs> uh, because it was it was taking all our power away and we kind of acquitted that with backpacking is that you know testing your gear when you're out there backpacking is and, and knowing again plan and prepare and what the reality is is that you know when you're going out on a hot summer day and you're like i'm gonna i need all this water You know, I need all this water and you just drink water, 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 water. And you think, well, water is the one thing that's going to get me through. That's good up to a point where your body starts needing electrolytes and your body needs more than just water. And I think that that was one of the other lessons that we learned with testing our gear was that, you know, we're probably going to have to get a generator. If we want to stay in places that are not always going to have sunlight all the time and we need to charge the batteries, you know, we're just, that's our lifestyle. So we knew right there, we don't want to be in the desert all day. You know, we don't want to be, especially after what happened um, with our air conditioning, uh, which we'll get to in a moment, but we, we don't want to be in direct sunlight all day. We we want to be where the creeks and the rivers and, and, and some of these beautiful national forests. And so that is something that we're going to have to address um, by getting a generator uh, to charge the batteries. And I think that equates with backpacking is that, you know, y- you, you don't really know out there until you test what you have and the gear that you have kind of lets you know do i need it do i not need it do i need more of this or do i need less of this
0: yeah i mean i think i think if you're looking at intake versus output uh it's very similar in backpacking you output the amount of energy you have to intake that's you know it perhaps in 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 some cases even more to even suffice with the output um i looked up i looked up what it meant. Uh, to test your gear. I thought it would be a fun little experiment when we were out there, (laughs) failure after failure. And it's the purpose of testing your gear is to understand your strengths and the weaknesses of a design that you have either selected or created. And then to experience the actual maneuvering or using it in a very real world condition and a lot of times when you're picking out gear or you're uh, in you know you're packing your pack and you're realistically thinking okay this is how I'm gonna do it this is how it's gonna work because like I know everything I've watched every YouTube video you know this is in my mind how it's gonna go that's never in reality how it actually goes we thought we had plenty of solar for the capacity and even knowing that we were going to be in tree canopy we still felt as though our output um, wasn't going to draw the intake as quickly as it did it's so the same with backpacking when you first shove your gear into a backpack and you're like okay i've got my system i'm good i've, I've, I've done everything correctly and all of a sudden, you're like, well, none of this works. It just isn't functional. It's not working for me. I have to readjust. And that's essentially what we ran into this weekend with our gear test.
1: Yeah. And so just to let everybody know in full disclosure, you know, we spent some money on what we thought the best solar thing was. The best, right? Well, come to find out, solar is not that efficient if there's no sun. <laughs>
0: It's like the logic went out the window.
1: Yeah. Like... <laughs> Be like... You need some sun. Do you? <laughs> funny thing. Perfect. Funny thing about that our damn sun.
0: Perfect campground. Yeah. The river. The dogs are going to have a blast. We put our camp chairs out in the river, just sat there, cooled off, enjoyed. But... The we, river had
1: a lot of sun.
0: But we spent... Two and a half days outside of our trailer because it was non-functional on the inside in terms of usage.
1: Yeah. um, And 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 that was a
0: huge lesson for us. It was a
1: huge disappointment to have to unplug the refrigerator and go run and get ice. (laughs) Which we did. Because that was the one thing we wanted to avoid the most was having to make these ice runs. And what do we have to do? We have to go to So that just goes to show that buying the best also means that it has to fit your lifestyle. And so, yeah, we got a pretty decent solar setup. But our solar setup does not by itself meet the criteria of our lifestyle. And so we have to adjust that gear. So the adjustment is going to have to be a generator. That can run and charge our batteries
0: in certain circumstances, so we don't.
1: In certain circumstances, so we don't have to unplug the refrigerator,
0: right? And like you said, to meet the criteria of which we want versus what we would be forced into into doing, which goes into kind of the next gear failure <laughs> that we experienced. Um, well, actually, let me back up. This was a gear success celebrate a little bit. We had (laughs)
1: successes that last week.
0: (laughs) Before we go into our last large failure, um, we did test uh, one thing extremely successfully and that was a lifestyle gear choice and that was our compost toilet.
1: Yeah, so we went with with a composting toilet that uh, separates uh, number one from number two and It has a fan attachment and has no smell. And the reason we did that is because we want to try to be as eco-friendly as possible. And I didn't want to dump a black tank at an RV location.
0: Well, the main reason was because we didn't envision ourselves always being uh, at a place where we could dump. Like, it's not in our lifestyle decision, in um, embarking upon this journey to to really be at places where we're always going to need a sewer hookup or the ability to connect to sewer right. that's not what we want out of this right and so we went with a compost toilet very excited about it
1: yeah could be we they, had yet to use they make it. they have composting bags and and you know they have setups where you know you can you know once you clean everything out you can throw it in a compost bag and a dumpster and it's it's, it's a little bit better. You know, than just dumping the black tank. So uh, that's what we went. Um, But we had to test it. We had to actually, you know, see is that a lifestyle. Well, yeah, we watched a bunch of YouTube videos, and everyone said, yeah, we love it, we love it, we love it. Some people said, no, I don't love it. I'm sorry, I got it. So we had to test it ourselves, and I think that was kind of a success. Um, It was kind of funny though, because you have to, um, you have to prep the compost first and um you know before you you use it and so i'd walk in back of the uh, airstream and there's ariana sitting on the ground (laughs) with their with her hands in the compost just kind of mixing it up and she was i like playing in the dirt (laughs) Um, i was
0: like i feel at home this feels
1: good right right right
0: (laughs) i was like can i do this all day why does it only take like 20 minutes
1: so that ended up being good we Every it worked. Per, it worked exactly like it was supposed to work, and so that was one of our gear tests. We're like, okay, we've done this research on this gear. We think that is what we want to do. Plus, I took out the black water. I, I took out the black tank in the airstream anyway, so that had to work. <laughs> so we We're kind of forced, but um, but we you know we weren't sure. We looked at that piece of gear. It was an expensive piece of gear. And we we tested it by using it to see if it fit in our lifestyle, and so that is a green check mark next to that. It did work; it does fit our lifestyle. And um, we
0: loved it. It felt.
1: I'm not going to say love.
0: I, say, I enjoyed it. I won't say love. That's it. a strong word. I loved it. Love I, is a
1: very strong word, Ariane. So I'm going to say I like it very much. <laughs>
0: For six days of testing. All right. So to put a little bit more perspective into um, how Scott and I function, I am very, very comfortable in the woods, uh, grabbing a leaf, wiping with the leaves, squatting, doing my business, doing whatever I need to do. I'm very comfortable with that aspect, and I, and I, and I didn't hesitate to go all in into using a compost toilet. It has, it's very different. It's very different uh, to react to it and to use it when it when you're used to like a flushing toilet. However, it's a small toilet; it's smaller than your normal household household commode. And so, there were some spatial aspects that Scott didn't exactly love about it, but but I but I enjoyed it. Fit our lifestyle. That was a success.
1: Like, I think, Good if, you, if you're on the trail for six months hiking a long distance trail, a composting toilet is is, you're, it's a great up. <laughs> that's why. That's how I look at it. I'm thinking it's like
0: five stars. Yeah, I'm thinking
1: <laughs> it's a great up from you know pooping in the woods for six months. So, um, so well, that was okay.
0: But what we did learn about it is simply that it doesn't hold as much urine capacity as we had red that it had. Um, and so it, disposing of our urine is going to be a bigger chore on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it will be, but good thing that's not on my chore list. <laughs> um, so then we went to go ahead and one of the, one of the big failures that we had, um, was our air conditioner. And that was, that was a big failure and it was, ended up being a very expensive failure. Um, you know uh i equate that with um you know uh, uncle bob giving you his old backpack and um you know you not seeing if it fits or not and just going out there and doing it and uh um you know we always talk about if anything make sure your shoes uh, make sure your backpack fits and uh, if you don't test those two pieces of gear you're going to be in trouble and I relied on a 40 plus air conditioner that I had tested and turned on a few times and it worked. But um, I never tested it to see if it could run in 94 degree heat for a long time. Um, So we were plugged in, I turned it on, it was blissful for 20 to 30 minutes. (laughs) Cold air was just pouring out of that baby. I was just so happy, I had a big smile on my face, and then we heard nothing. <laughs> and it stopped working. And talk about someone who was very sad <laughs> and upset. Um, I really wanted this, this 40-year-old beast of an air conditioner just to, to go for it and do it, um, but it didn't. Um, and it conked out and so then we spent the last uh the next three days and three nights uh the airstream never the airstream got the lowest it ever got was 77 degrees at night which was probably like i'd say four or five o'clock in the morning right um most (laughs) most of the time it was averaging about 88 degrees inside the airstream and um by the third day Ariane and i wanted to kill each other <laughs> because we are so hot and miserable.
0: There was no relief from... There was no relief. There was no relief. We were sitting in direct sun in a large field. Uh, we had a little bit of morning shade, uh, but all of the shady spots were already taken. This was a large RV park. Um,
1: Which, by the way, is right almost... It's like two miles away, for people that know the Appalachian Trail, it's two miles south of Unicoi Gap. Um, I'll let you figure out where we stayed. But it's two miles, it's just two miles down the mountain from the Appalachian Trail. So we've been there many times. We knew the area, uh, like the back of our hands, because we're up there all the time. But uh, we've always wanted to stay there, um, because it was kind of special. It was a a goal after we finished the Airstream, um, but we did not know that... Of all the, well, I would say this. There was probably 50 Airstreams there. And 50, there's there probably 50 RVs there, right? We were the only ones in that park with its windows open. <laughs> Everyone else was running their air conditioner and um, and had a happy face. I mean, Anna and I were walking around like, what? <laughs> someone dumped water on you? Uh, no, this is just sweat. So. It was it was a big, big learning lesson um, as far as testing your gear, because that was a huge gear failure.
0: Uh, We definitely stuck out as the newbies um, in this park. Um, everybody knew us as, oh yeah, you're the Argosy with the windows open. <laughs> right. We knew something was wrong. Right. right. Um, we had people uh, offering us uh, cold beverages the entire weekend, um, trying to just bring us in and, and, and offer us making sure we're okay. We did have a creek nearby. It wasn't easy to access, but a creek for the dogs to cool off in a, a couple times. Uh, very shallow, but uh so it was it was a learning experience nonetheless uh and 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 something that you know we didn't we weren't really set up over the course of the renovation to be able to test it properly the way we needed to um and so this was one of our first big tests knowing that we might have some kind of failure with it I don't think either of us truly believed it was going to fail the capacity on the hottest weekend in Georgia I, yet,
1: <laughs> I I had high hopes, I really did because we went in
0: strong. I,
1: I man, I had so, I was, I man, oh my god, I had big hopes that thing was gonna last. in thirty minutes wasn't even thirty minutes; it was more like twenty. But you know, um, but here's the good news. So here's here's really the. the the really cool thing that happened out of that whole gig. So we talk about trail magic. We talk about community. We talk about trust the trail. So here we are, no air conditioning, and it's pretty hot, and we're miserable. Um, So we meet a couple, and they're very, very nice, and they said, well, you know, one of the guys that lives here at the park full-time uh, he lives here. Um, he's an RV technician. He's an RV tech. And we're like, really? And uh, they go, yeah, he works. He has a, his own place, and but he lives here at, at the RV park in his Airstream. He goes, well, you know, would you like to meet him? I'm like, yeah, I'd like to ask a, a few questions. <laughs> so we go, and uh, his name was Mark and we tell him what the problem was he goes yeah it could be this 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 that this this he goes why don't i come out um i'll I'll come over and take a look at it we're like okay well here's the beautiful part and this is why we trust the trail not only is mark as we speak putting in a new air conditioner for us but then mark tells us you know the benefits versus the cost versus you know fixing the old one, what that would take. And uh, he is letting me go out to his shop and take the old air conditioner apart and remove the old air conditioner to save us money. And because otherwise it it takes almost eight hours to remove the beast (laughs) of the air conditioner. He's gonna let me do it. Um, And so we've parked and he, he, he let us park the Airstream in his lot um, until the air conditioner came and we were able to ship everything we need right to his his place right to his shop and we bought it off of amazon to even save more money so that's trusting the trail that's having somebody that that's really being at the right place at the right time because you were supposed to be there so yeah did we have gear failures yeah did we have to Readjust our gear? Yeah, but you know, that happens a lot on the trail too. How many people start off on the Appalachian Trail and completely change their gear at trail days? You know, like, hey, this isn't working. This broke. I hate this. Why'd I buy it? I thought this was really good. I'm going with this instead. And so we kind of feel like that was really the same thing that happened with us on this trip, was that, you know, we learned, we adapted. We were able to change, and the community was there to save our butts.
0: <laughs> sure, we're the talk of the town once we pulled out of there. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, this this uh, test run for us, uh, you know, tested it in two different conditions, uh, one with full hookups, which we weren't able to to use in the full capacity. And then one completely reliant on solar, again, not able to use the full capacity. It was very eye-opening for us. We've become, we become very knowledgeable uh, with backpacking. Uh, we've done it for years. Sometimes it's easy for us to forget um, or perhaps not recognize what it first feels like uh, to embark upon something which is widely unknown. You, there's there's so many components that you just, you don't know. And what it reminded me of this weekend is you don't need to know everything before you go. You don't need to be an expert at everything. You don't need to know every component of every little thing and have everything so perfectly planned out. While you do need to plan and prepare and set yourself up more for success. You don't need to know everything. Or feel 100% confident in everything that you do before going out. You just get out there. And you'll figure it out as you go along. You'll learn through your mistakes. You'll learn from others. You'll have guidance along the way out. And that essentially is backpacking.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the, the whole part of anything that you do is it's in the journey and, uh, you know, no matter what trail you're on in life, it's going to teach you what you need to know if you're willing and you're open-minded enough to, you know, take that, take that in. Um, it's, you know, there's, you know, with what backpacking is, and I think the journey that we're about to embark on, there's no room for ego, you know, and pride because you know, you don't sometimes know what you don't know. And Until you, you know it, <laughs> So you've gone down <laughs> the road, and someone says it's gonna be curvy, um, don't take it. <laughs> you know, you Words just, of wisdom, <laughs> just, yeah, don't take that road. <laughs> just sit there. Um, so I, I, don't, you know, you just don't, you know. That's that's the whole part of it. That's the whole. Uh, that's the whole journey of it, and you know, that's that's one of the things that I wish that we didn't have as far as social media goes um as as far as you know like um I, I wish we i wish all of us just could embrace the fact that just getting out there um you're gonna learn um, because no one no two things are exactly alike and what we learned uh testing all of our gear was first um, thank god we tested our gear I mean that was probably the smartest decision that we've made was to go out there and field test what we are going to you know try to fit our lifestyle in with what we 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 thought we knew um, some of it worked some of it didn't work some of it we had to get we had to change some of it we had to you know just completely rethink things um, to fit our lifestyle um, and 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 quite frankly normally uh, to be to be honest. That it's you're probably going to spend a couple dollars with that, you know. Um, that's the downside of it. The good side of it is that you you feel confident then with your gear after that point, um, you know. Especially with backpacking, you know. Like, uh, how many how many tents have I gone through, you know, until I finally realized, you know, I I don't even like sleeping in a tent. <laughs> so like, you know, how, why what, did
0: I what, why did I spend all this money on? What it? did that
1: cost me? <laughs> right. You know, so. Um, I think overall, it was testing your gear is is a no-brainer. If you don't go out there and test your gear, I think you're missing out on a great opportunity to learn more about what you want to do. And um, yeah, I I just I'm so happy we did it.
0: I, I I think by testing your gear, you expand your capacities for 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 trying something that you didn't think was possible. Um, I've had a lot of trepidation about exploring this lifestyle just because it is unknown. And it is, it is this big, you know, cloud of, you know, what if, what if we talk about that all the time and going out there and testing it in a real life scenario, what worked, what didn't. What we need to adjust has built my confidence exponentially uh, for going and leaving in less than, like you know, in just about two weeks. It built my confidence much more than I ever imagined it could. Just six days of gear testing. Think what you can do with gear testing over a course of multiple weekends.
1: Well, I think the I think the funny thing about it, Ariana, is that look you you. Ariane doesn't. Ariane probably right now because we're both new. um, Both of us are are still new at pulling the Airstream, towing the Airstream. (laughs) And for Ariane, uh, two of her worst nightmares came true in the same week. One was going down a. A very switchback, curvy mountain road. It
0: was steep. It was steep. It wasn't oh, yeah. steep, steep, but it was it was steep enough. Oh, yeah. We we're holding,
1: were holding our breath.
0: We should have not been on that road.
1: So that's the first worst nightmare. Then when we're in Helen, we have about five miles to go up this mountain. And when we're looking up in Helen, all we see is just blackness and rain coming down. I go, I think it's raining up in that mountain. And I was like, it does look like it's raining. <laughs> and we'll, her, beat it. Her, we'll beat it <laughs> her other worst nightmare we get we got about three miles left to go up going up this mountain and it just downpours man
0: scott cannot get the wiper blades going fast enough they we went were from incomplete... zero
1: to like the fastest mode
0: in complete blind we were blinded for well if It felt like a full minute. I'm I'm sure it was just like one wiped blade worth.
1: Ariane went to holding her breath again. (laughs) I mean, that poor girl held her breath more in six days than I've ever seen anybody hold her breath. Um, But we go up this mountain road. I mean, it is just pouring. So like the the two worst scenarios for her uh, as far as driving um, happened. And so, you know, those are out of our way now. You know, um, I expect a, a lot more of those to, to happen, but the but it was almost like you know Mother Nature and the universe was saying, okay, let's just get these out, of the, let's get this out of the way in in, in in this week, you know, and let's just yeah, let's just get it out of the way now. And you know, sometimes when you when you you want to push through or when you want to learn something and you kind of put that out in the universe, isn't it kind of funny how like you get it, you know? Um, so anyway, well, it was it was success. I think we we did pretty good. Um, obviously, we're here doing the podcast, so <laughs> everything went fine, and uh, it was a good test. In um, uh, you know, four, fourteen more days, we'll be we'll be on the road taking trusted trail on the road in a town near you. We're looking forward to being in the Smokies. That's just uh, that's also a month away. I cannot wait to be on the be in the Smokies with the, with the Airstream. So, you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to uh, show some love, go to TrustTheTrailPodcast.com and click on our merch link. We have partnered with Teespring and have created a Trust The Trail store. Coffee cups, T-shirts, hoodies, with all your favorite sayings. Our top seller so far is Embrace the Suck T-shirt which lets everyone know how you feel climbing up a mountain in 90 degree heat. Shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. Thank you guys so much for our group. And of course, we couldn't do this without our patrons. Who else who also help support our podcast? Uh, those patrons are Ted Jones, David Boyer, John Phillips, Rick, Jerry, Shirley Nutt, Jerry, Suzanne Johnson, Brad Wolf, Helene, Mike Pellet, Jacqueline, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy, Amy Tappendorf, Jeff Nyman, Kathy Kennison, Bob Esser, Math, Math, Matthew Creecroft, Vicki Thomason, Becky Wenger, Jill Lang, and EJ Newell. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. If you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you need to do is create an account, go to Trusted Trail Podcast, and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. That's patreon.com. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the big ones. If we're not on any of your favorite podcatchers, please let us know. Send us an email, and we'll make sure that we're on that right away. If you go to our Instagram, you can follow us on Trust the Trail Instagram page, and, of course, our regular Facebook page, Trust the Trail and you can always sign up for a newsletter on trustedtrailpodcast.com. So the biggest thing we learned was that Trust the Trail works. Um, it's people being at the right place at the right time and you being exactly where you need to be in life, even though you don't think so. And even though when you're in 90-degree heat, you have no air conditioning, you're in a tin can... <laughs> There's relief. You never know. There's an RV tech uh, camping right next to you to, 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 to solve all your problems. So that was a huge Trust the Trail for us. It's always a good reminder that trust, trust the Trail does work. So you guys, when you're out there this week, remember.
0: Trust the Trail.
1: We'll see you guys later.
0: Bye, you guys.